There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Royal Roost. I'm your favourite, Raj Baines, and uh, joining me this evening is Seb. How are you, Seb? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thanks for having me back. That's fine. I think you're a, pretty much a permanent fixture now, uh, if, if not a, a loan signing with a view to a, a, view to a permanent in the summer. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm part of the WhatsApp chat group now, so I feel kind of permanent, which is, um, you know, it was quite the way to start 2015. Exactly. You see, you get to see the entirely professional inner workings of what goes on between me and Jack. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of Jack, unfortunately, he's not here. He's got professional matters to be uh, attending to, which sounds entirely strange, uh, given it's Jack. But he does actually have a, a quite serious job to be attending to. So there's that. Um, if we crack on, though, Seb, just the two of us, and try and refrain from speaking about rugby too much because we got told off about that last time. Yeah. Um, Crystal Palace away was our last game. Um, we lost 2-1 after going ahead, uh, which is a similar story to the last time we played Pardew. Um, what did you make of the game? Uh, it was kind of what I expected. I've been, um, because of the run of form, I've been expecting that game to turn up for a few weeks now. Um, and it, it just felt like... Uh, people have treated the defeat as if it's, like, it represents the sky falling in or something, but it, it's just... We look knackered. Um, and add in sort of like the... Uh, the, the player shortages we had and the the, um, the loss of Mason and Bentlem in midfield and it was it just felt kind of inevitable. I just we never got going, we never got started. We did lead, but we didn't really deserve to lead at the time. Um, we had enough of the ball without everybody doing anything with it, and there was no um, all the intensity and all the um, purpose that was there against Chelsea just evaporated. And it's there's no reason to be overly negative about it. I mean, you, you factor in where Palace were and, you know, they had Pardew coming in with, um, you know, sort of the, the cliched new manager bounce. And it was just, I don't know, once we conceded that first goal, it did feel kind of inevitable. You knew what was coming, I think. Yeah. Um, you, you touched on Bentaleb and um, yeah. Mason were missing. I think the player that I had the biggest knock-on effect for was Christian Eriksen, who had quite an afternoon, uh, and not a good one, um, where he was... he's. It's strange to say he's built up a partnership with those two because they're seen as yeah. their own little unit, but the way in which his, his new role is to, to drift back and forth between the the line of three at the top and the, the band of two in the middle, he, he sort of does a, a dual role, and it's one that he's doing very well, especially in the past few weeks. With there being new personnel there, with there not being that level of understanding, he was getting caught on the ball much more than yeah. he was used to. Somebody like Mason, who was so good at receiving the ball off Benton left quickly, shuttling the ball forward, transitioning it quickly to Ericsson, and he was able to then get the, the front foot on the defenders. That, that urgency wasn't there. There was 
only the one occasion that we did it where where Dembele did play a quick pass into Chadley was the one where we actually managed to score. Yeah, um, which isn't an accident. That's how how we've been playing with the other midfielders in there. So I think that was that the biggest knock on effect with, with him. There was a few times where you obviously saw in the second half, which led to one of their goals, he lost the ball a couple of times, um, and was one of the main reasons why that goal was conceded. Um, but I. Rather than it just being him who was having a poor day on his own, I think it was you could almost you know point the lines to the, the players that he was relying on that they've they've changed. But um, another goal for for Harry Kane, which is a positive, it was a, one of those finishes that only a confident striker really scores because it was completely the other side of the goal. The keeper didn't really move, and he's I think is it only Sergio Aguero who scored more goals than him in all competitions this season? Yeah, and, uh, something like that. Yeah. We have to kind of take that with a tiny pinch of salt, given that Aguero's been injured for such a time. But that's not not bad company to be involved with whatsoever. Um, but do you think that that midfield is going to be a problem with with Mason injured for well a, a, a length of time that we, I'm not entirely sure we've been told yet, and um, bent the lab away for a, a month at the most, I think, at the African Cup of Nations. Do you think that's going to be the the biggest problem for the squad and how we how we deal with that? Yeah, I think so. I, um, I, I mean, I have no problem with the. You know, obviously, I'd rather have Mason and Bentaleb in the side, but there's no problem necessarily with the personnel itself. It's just that the the, the three players you can be used to deputise for the for the absent two, um, they all share that same habit of not really being comfortable. Like you, you touched on it before. They're not really comfortable in in pushing the ball forward quickly. Their, their initial instinct is always to go sideways, always to play something high percentage. And, and like I said, that, that really restricts Ericsson, um effects where he receives the ball. It you know it, it is also, from a defensive point of view, he's got to get used to um, the, a, a different set of movements behind him and you know, there's a whole load of knock-on effects. Um, if I still don't really... I, I, I still don't feel entirely comfortable labelling Stambouli as one thing or another. So there's always a possibility that, you know, he can become at least capable of playing in a similar way, if maybe not to quite the same standard. But Dembele, uh, Capu seems to have fallen off a cliff. Um, Polinio, I, 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 I don't... I mean, you wrote an article actually uh, right at the beginning of the season about his fatigue, and I agreed with you then, but uh, I would have expected him to be playing a little bit more of a... Uh, an involved role by now and he isn't which makes me think that he doesn't have a a long term future at the club so I don't know if he's going to be used um, and yeah uh, it, it's a concern I, I think there's uh, beyond that though I think that with this is kind of I remember what happened to Southampton last season and I remember how they started to negatively um, how they started to uh, react to sort of the increased physical burden that Pochettino placed on them. And I'm just looking, you know, in a sort of uber-negative way, I'm I'm looking for symptoms that we're about to do the same, basically, at the moment. Um, And we spoke a little bit before we we started recording about the number of games we've got through January and February and a number of important games in that period. And that, I think, is the biggest threat as well. Um, Because the squad is not very deep. And, you know, there there aren't many players uh, who... We can really afford. We've lost Mason and Bentaleb for a couple of weeks, and there aren't many players elsewhere who we can afford to just drop out of the side without there being a um, a negative result. So 
All kinds of, yeah, there, there you go. There, there's your negativity for the week. Everything, problem. <laughs> Not just the midfield, it's all of it. <laughs> Do you think we um, we should be going into the transfer market and looking for a, a central midfielder then in the absence of those two? Um, this the uh, Rabio, I think is how you pronounce that. It's mm. probably completely wrong. But uh, no, the, the, right. yeah. the lad from PSG. Um, <laughs> Do you think that's a, a guy? Uh, him, no, I, I, I wrote about this, and I look. If if he was, I've seen a little bit of him, not enough to to um, consider myself an expert, but I, I've seen enough to know that he's he's clearly going to be a very good player. Um, my issue with him is that if he's just if it was a six month loan with no option to make a to um, to make the deal permanent at the end of it, I don't see the point. I, you know, you're bringing in a player from a foreign league who's never played in this country, who has no experience of English football. Uh, who hasn't actually played love football this season at all for, for in, in France, um, and so there, therefore you'd have to factor in maybe a month to two months of, of transition, uh, and then by the time that he feels comfortable in this environment, he's ready to go back to France, basically. So that's you know, if there was a, an option to, to 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 complete the deal permanently, great, and if it was a permanent signing, also fantastic. But otherwise. You know, it just feels like it was it would be doing PSG a favour for the sake of it, which I'm not hugely in favour of. Do you um, think that's um, a symptom of, of us as as Tottenham fans as perhaps being uh, I'm playing devil advocate here, no, no, perhaps being uh, slightly too proud to take a player from a club uh, like PSG on loan? Because obviously, if you look at it. Um, flip it slightly, it'd be like uh, Tom Carroll going on loan to Swansea, them knowing that they, they don't have an option to buy him. They're, they're essentially doing Tottenham a favour by taking him for that amount of time and, and allowing him to test his game in the Premier League. And that is what, what PSG will be looking at us to do with their players. Do you think that we should kind of accept our place in the world? Well, I, in, in a, to a degree, yes. And you're quite right. But I, I think if... if I have no problem necessarily in taking a player for six months from a club like PSG. The issue is he's not a developed player. He's a developing player. If PSG said, you know what, you can have Blaise McTweedy for six months, I wouldn't be too proud to say no to that, for example. And it's different. It's the kind of like, you know, what, 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 if you're going to loan something, loan some, something that can be immediately effective. And if, if you've got a, 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 a gap to plug on your side, you need something that, can come immediately in, is up to speed, is ready to deal with the Premier League, and you know can can do a job for six months rather than just for three. Yeah, I understand it. It's just yeah. because everyone has been talking about him in in terms oh, we of looking to buy. We 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 don't know our place, and we are much too. We 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 have ideas about our station. I, I accept that, but that isn't. I don't think that's a symptom of that. I don't think that's a a terrible outset uh, mentally to be honest to, to feel that way about your club um, if I'm being honest uh, rather than just being comfortable and being a subordinate to other clubs actually having the the strength of character to, to think about that way of yourself I think is actually quite a positive for us but um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about Crystal Palace was the, the penalty decisions, there was the one that Stambouli gave away and the one that Harry Kane could have won Um the way I'm, which I saw them was, as I watched them live, as I watched them in real time, and I only had one view of them as the referee did, I thought he got both decisions correct. And it was only in retrospect when I saw them slowed down, played from every which way and every angle possible, that they both seemed to have a, a, a air of doubts around them. 
So is that something you'd go along with, or did you think that he got them right regardless? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I um, the the Palace penalty. As soon as I saw Stan Billy leave his feet, I thought penalty because it's. And I, I got all kinds of abuse for saying this on Twitter, but I've said like, <laughs> yeah. Because Tottenham fans were moaning after it and you know saying Stambouli cleared it, but which he didn't. It, it, and, it, and people have to remember, it's not necessarily about the rules and about you know whether you you you, you take any of the ball. It's what the referee sees at the time, and the the, the fact that Stambouli was putting himself in a position where the referee was able to make a decision like that, and you just you just that was reckless. And, and actually, let you say the the replays, um, the replays made it look a little bit like Joe Ledley dive, but I still think looking at that. You know, he doesn't. Uh, Stambi doesn't get the ball. He puts himself. Uh, he, he leaves his feet too easily, and you you can't. If it happens in the other box, we're squealing for a penalty. All of us. Um, the second one, uh, I thought it was a penalty at the time. Um, but the one thing I'll say is that, and I don't think he meant to do this, but when when Kane goes, that Kane was brought down and he was tripped, and, and by the letter of the law, yeah, absolutely, it's a penalty. But he kind of Ashley Youngs on his way down, which. If you if, if you look at the referee's position there, and he's sort of looking at it from behind. His, uh, Kane's legs sort of splay out in the way that Youngs do whenever he you know runs into the box and throws himself over to try and get a penalty. And it it although it was a penalty and it was a foul, it had all the symptoms of being a dive. Um, so I it annoyed me at the time, but I you know it, it um, I can understand why it wasn't given. The contact was quite minimal and subtle, so it happens. And also uh, as Keith Hackett said last week. Um, this is one of the worst refereeing groups we've ever seen in this country, and so I think I've, I've grown a little bit of a tolerance to, to errors now, even when they have the Spurs, because I just expect them. It's just, um, I'd agree yeah. with the, the Kane point about his legs; they did scissor somewhat when he went down. Um, which no, I don't they, think they're young. We're, we're going to make this catch on. It's going to be that's going to be a, a uh, that's going to be a verb they, to Ashley Young your legs. I think the only other footballer I know who has a, a verb named after him is uh, Zlatan. It's in. It's actually in the Swedish dictionary, isn't it? To to Zlatan. That's kind of that's like a Nike creation, isn't it? That's just a horrible bath <laughs> thing. Uh, they probably paid their way into the Swedish dictionary. Oh, bless him! I, I like Zlatan. He's, he's <laughs> I like Zlatan. Yeah. Nike, 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 um, Nike destroyed Zlatan's mystique, though. They made him too. They made him too obvious. Horrible. Excellent. Um, we've got. <laughs> Burnley in the cup in a replay. Um, the first Burnley game was absolutely terrible um, in just about every way. Um, you, were, you, you, you were the only one who saw that. I mean, because uh, yeah. um, you had your work duties with that. Exactly. Um, it was it was shocking. <laughs> um, uh, we we shouldn't have lost that game. The, the game essentially, um, just to kind of sum it up in thirty seconds. There was a period in the second half where Pochettino made some substitutions and I'm going to try and remember them off the top of my head, but one of them was to bring Townsend on for um, one of the central midfielders. I think it might have been uh, Bentaleb. I'm not entirely sure now, but what that left was a midfield of Dembele and Polino, and from the very second that they were left alone in midfield, Burnley got the foot back in the game and we, we didn't um it was actually it was Townsend for Soldado. That's it because the the double knock on effect was um 
the best that we looked attacking wise was when Kane and Soldado had each other to to bounce off one another. Um, they actually worked quite well together, and, and Burnley looked like they were quite susceptible to having two forward men against them. But that they were only allowed to play with each other for about ten minutes, and then the substitution to bring Townsend on. I don't think it was Townsend's fault whatsoever. I just think it was the rejigging of the shape that created that axis of evil between Polino and uh, Dembele that just from that moment onwards you could just see it happening where Burnley just suddenly start to get a foot in the game they, they bypassed that midfield so many times um, Kane was left isolated he had nothing to go on whatsoever for just about the entire game he had, he had one chance pretty much in the 90th minute plus added time probably to score but he um he fluffed his lines essentially just give it an air shot where he could have scored quite easily but other than that we we didn't deserve anything more than the draw so it'd be interesting to see the type of team we put out tomorrow night because i like to i mean i, I didn't see the game but i can't stand the logic in, in playing Dembele alongside Polino. acts of evil that should, is because should, he, should never happen it should, it, it, it should never happen but he's in a situation where he has to find a combination that's going to get us through the next couple of weeks and like there are there is no perfect solution to that problem there's no you know I, I, and so you, you you've got to you, you you do I mean Bernie is the closest thing that game was as close as it was going to get to a kind of you know, not, not a friendly because it's still an FA Cup game, of course, but like a, a very winnable game, which you don't necessarily have to play your first eleven in, and you have to be able to to, to trial something like that in a real world situation. Um, With a and- team like Burnley, the thing that I think that often um, troubles sides like that most is when you play almost not a Tim Sherwood brand, but a, almost <laughs> a, a similar type of shape to what he would do, which was. If you if we were to just put a, a front three of having Soldado in the middle, but have Townsend on the left and Lennon on the right, and mm-hmm. give them width and give them somebody to aim at, and then perhaps play a middle three of Capu, uh, Dembele, and um, Stambouli, and have one of those sit, or, or even have a, a base of Capu um, and Stambouli, and allow Dembele to be the one of the three who, who drifts forward slightly. Right. That would be the, the. I think just simplifying it because I think there's a way of of overcomplicating it against teams who aren't themselves overcomplicated. So it's kind of like getting into a conversation with somebody who's only ever seen Toy Story and trying to discuss uh, a Werner Herzog documentary with them, and it's just never going to take off. Um, <laughs> where whereas you kind of need to lower yourself to their level and still be better than them if you if you kind of get. Did you, you ad lib that? Yeah, that, I did. That, I did. That you, that was, that I'm impressed. I am impressed. I must confess, I, I looked at my DVD collection as I was saying it to kind of uh, get my thing. So I do admit uh, I do have both Werner no, documentaries. Was and, and, that, was, uh, that was impressive. I like that. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I think what, also in terms of the complexity, I think my own philosophy, um, it sounds really pretentious, but <laughs> I... I I don't have philosophy. I just have thoughts. It's different. <laughs> um, against a side like Burnley, um, I've noticed that temperament's a really overused word in, in football, but for a side, for, against a team like that, the quicker you can move the ball around and the, 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 the more intelligent your use of possession is, the easier it is to beat them. And that's a really obvious, sounds like an obvious thing to say, but um, it, it just means... In terms of your team selection, you've really got to stack the middle of the pitch. It's actually it plays into what you said about Sherwood. 
Uh, you start in the middle of the pitch with, with ball players um, who can shift the ball around quickly uh, and accurately, and then you put pace out wide because those are the things that, that they are. They're, they're a, a um, I mean, they're not hugely impressive as a team, but they are improving, and, and there's a lot to admire about what Sean Dyke has done with with that set of players. But individually, they are quite inferior. So what you really want to do is you, you, you create situations in which players like a, a Lennon or a Townsend or a Lamella or a Chadley are isolated one-on-one with a full-back or a centre-back because that takes away that the, the, sort of the strength in numbers thing that, that a team like that has to rely on. Um, so uh, not, not, we don't necessarily have the, the, the players to, to do that at the moment, but that's kind of to where I think the objective should be, which isn't a million miles away from what you're saying, I don't think. You often get with a, a team like Burnley when they come into the league, um, out of the three that get promoted, you often get one who kind of brands themselves as the little train that could and through sheer effort they try and keep themselves in the league. And that's essentially how Wigan stayed in the league for so long before Martinez got involved. Um, but it, sometimes it just doesn't work. They fall flat on their face. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting for them in the league because... I'm not. Sure. I think it's about seven games now on the trot that Sean Dyche has essentially used pretty much the yep. same eleven every time, um, with the same substitutions at similar times throughout those games. So it's essentially like he's he's kind of set up that side on autopilot and just kind of lets them get on with it. And that familiarity is what is giving them their uh, their run at the moment. But it's it's going to have to come to an end at some point because there's there's no way that you can. Play that same team. So, for... That's a proper bad bird. They just came up in the middle. Of that. <laughs> that's fine. I yeah, think sorry, I think you, you'll you'll endear yourself to our listeners. Oh, mate, I was I was I was I was trying to look up Burnley's appearance statistics on who scored, and it seems that who scored have suddenly um, have really antisocially implemented proper bads. So there's there's a little caveat for everybody who's listening. Excellent. Um, hey, anyway, we... sorry, mate. You go on. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Um, um, I was listening to you. <laughs> you were talking, I it's not as bad. As soon as you, as soon as you said you were doing other things, I was speaking. It just takes me back to Jack on the the last season when we first started this. There was a period of about a month where we recorded pretty much as soon as both him and I got in from wherever we'd been that day. And um, so about halfway through the recording, usually when we were speaking to a guest, he'd send me a text to say he'd gone for a shit. And then he'd just like, keep it going until I get back. And because I had like his stream in my ears, I could hear like him going to the toilet and oh, the toilet oh, flushing. No, 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 you're taking two people too far behind the <laughs> And then... Like- and then he'd come back and then he'd like kind of reassert himself into the show as if nothing had ever happened. And then all of that would be edited out. But, um, that's... In a way, that's, that's ultimate professionalism, though, isn't it, really, from him? That's, well, that's to be admired. Well, you, you, you classed up the show when you, you arrived, I think. We, a man called Sebastian, even if you are named after a cartoon crab, you are <laughs> classier than the rest of us. Uh... Is, I'm so sure that's one that you got. Burnley work hard then. <laughs> Let's go back to that. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably one you got at school, wasn't it, Sebastian from uh, Little Mermaid? No, I, I, um, I don't get that very often. No, uh, the, no, people don't just come up to you and sing Under the Sea? No, not random people that I don't know. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> really. which, which, which we're all grateful for, if I'm honest. I could, you know, uh, no. 
That's a shame. I, I always Thanks. manage. <laughs> I don't think it is. I'm, but... just, I'm just keeping up my weekly um, habit of offending one member of your family per week. So, well, you just don't, that's my mother again. That's not one member of my family. It's the same member of my family <laughs> again and again, consecutive weeks. Uh, <laughs> I, I can only apologise again for last week, and I, I wish we can leave it in the past. And I do appreciate you listening. But what have we got? Uh, moving on seriously, uh, this weekend coming up, we've got Sunderland at mm-hmm. home, three pm on a Saturday. Don't happen very often. Um, they are. Terrible. Um, they are dreadful. Last season, I think we beat them quite heavily at home. Um, playing that that Tim Sherwood football that we were talking about, pretty much just a route one simple attacking football is something that they couldn't handle. Throw out um, all the tactics, simplify it, just tell them to run around a little bit. It's Tim Sherwood football. I think this is one that Sunderland have pretty much resigned themselves to to losing over the past few seasons. They've never really performed at White Lane. This is definitely me setting us up for a fall here, but I've, I can't remember a good Sunderland performance at White Lane for for quite some time. They beat us in. I, I want to say they beat us in the last Redknapp season in the Kieran Richardson scoring. Uh, I, I can't remember which. I can't remember which year that was in because I it happened right in front of me. I was still a, I was still going to games then. Um, but it yeah, we does, lost that game. does ring a bell. I mean, last season there was the uh, Lee Catamol goal where he uh, had an open goal essentially to pass it into from about 40 yards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, from from what you know of Sunderland, that's one of the like, if, if Lee Catamol scores against you, <laughs> you should. You know, you know when you're you're playing pool and, and you you pop the black ball out of sequence and you just lose. That's what a um that's what a Lee Catamol goal should do to a game of football. It should just be over. Like, it's like, it's like, like when Carl Cole scores against you. Like, you just, everyone leaves the pitch, you just go, all right, fine. It was like that time that uh, Maiega scored against us last season and we just oh, had to yeah. <laughs> admit that it just wasn't happening for us. But um, as I was going to say, from, from what you know about Sunderland, um, is there anything that we should be worried about at all? Connor Wickham? Is he gonna... No, I wouldn't worry about that. In theory, there, there are players... He's going to score, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> there, are, there are players that you'd worry about in theory. Like, you know, Adam Johnson has three good games a year, um, after which everyone says he should be playing for England, when, in fact, obviously he shouldn't be. Um, my worry with them is they are um, they are set up to be uh, to restrict, even at home. They, I mean, they, 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 there's a, the, the problem Sutherland have is... Okay, they've got issues in their defence, but their structure is really lopsided. So um, they have, uh, obviously, their back four, their protected midfield players, and a huge chasm between that part of the team and Connor Wickham up front by himself. Because, it, you know, the, 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 the two wide players who, on Saturday, I think, were Jacarini and Johnson, um, are basically just the wide players in midfield five rather than uh, wide forwards in a front three. So what I expect they'll do at White Lane is they'll come and sit behind the ball, uh, leave Wickham up front and just try and clog up all the areas in their own half and make it as hard as possible for us. And, and that's a little bit of a red flag because traditionally we struggle when people do that. Um, and given the way our side is at the moment, given the issue in midfield with the speed of transition of getting the ball out of midfield and into attacking zones, um, that worries me a little bit um oh and i'm getting i'm getting whatsapped by jack saying he's ready to jump in should we um should, should we try and do him in this is live 
This is um, this is a test of your professionalism right now. <clears throat> See if we can somehow part him in as we talk. Rory spends all week talking about how many different Apple devices he owns and how you know. So let, let's let's see how technologically advanced he is. Wait, it's loading. Are we going to hear the uh, the dulcet tones, tones of uh, Jack Hussey? Are you there? Good evening, gentlemen. Oh, look at this. Live in the middle of the recording. Welcome to the show, Jack. We're actually live. Wow. Are you uh, are you recording my part then, Rose? Of course we are. Yeah, you're, you're in there, mate. Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm quite uh, I'm prepared, but I did have, as I said on WhatsApp, FOMO. <laughs> I just I was just sat there seeing you guys WhatsApping away, and I thought I, I want a piece of this. I don't want to. I don't want to miss out for the sake of work. You know, I'm I'm sure I'm going to add something great to the podcast. Well, just to, just to ca- catch you up on our mid uh, show production meeting, we've uh, we've talked about Crystal Palace. Um, did you have anything to add about that? Uh, I didn't like losing. I like Harry <laughs> scoring a goal, and we missed Mason and Benton. There you go. Yeah, we. we I think. We've got I'll, all I'll of tell those. you what. I'll tell you what, lads. I'm not afraid to say it either that we missed Mason and Benton. <laughs> I know people don't like talking about that, but I'm not I, afraid I, to put. I'm not afraid to put my neck out on the line and say I don't think Dembele's up to it anymore. You know. Um, no, no, I, I saw that last night, mate. I um. <laughs> who, who, who was it? He said, I, "I know we can't really say names on here." That's for the. I WhatsApp. can't. It was just some random. That responded okay, to Windy. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't one of like Raj's football Twitter mates or anything like that. Oh fuck off! <laughs> <sighs> you two just bully me. Um, I'm not happy about this. Also, we spoke about. Um, what do we speak about after that? Uh, Burnley in the cup uh, tomorrow night. Uh, do you have any worries about playing Burnley in the FA Cup, Jack? Um, I don't have any worries, which is probably wrong, wouldn't you say, as a Spurs fan? But I think we'll turn him over. We should probably talk about Danny Ings. We've been, um, we've been. Is, uh... is he the lad that scored that good goal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Um, we, um, we've been absolute, cr- absolute cracker that one wasn't that was it? Great, yeah, yeah lovely. Still Ashley Barnes. Um, <laughs> yeah. did we, we've been linked to him quite heavily because um, he's only young and he's played with Harry Kane um, in the uh, in the under twenty ones. Taken out of context, he played with Harry Kane could be quite salacious, but I mean on the field. Um, is that a, a transfer that interests either one of you? Uh, I, the thing is, and I'm going to plug some, my, um, my own work here, there's a, a little bit of an article I did for Squawker a couple of days ago on this topic. And I think the way to look at Danny Ings is not necessarily whether we want him now, but um, whether it's realistic to expect Burnley to sell him now, and also whether... It's really worth, given what we know about the club's finances, whether it's worth paying seven or eight million pounds for someone that is going to be available for free in five months. So it's really a question. So that's not a good answer, but it's 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 a kind of a question for the summer. I um. What about you, Jack? Um, well, how, do you actually think it costs us about seven eight million pounds, Seb? At this point, I think I think Burnley will hold out for that because I think Burnley's mentality will be. We don't want to sell, but if someone's silly enough to pay enough money for him, then we will do. So I'd imagine that at the very least they set an asking price of somewhere around that. And if no one meets it, they'll say, okay, well, we'll keep him inside and, and hope he keeps us up. And then at that point, next season's TV revenue makes losing him for free, you know, not a big deal anymore. 
So I don't say yeah, I mean, that, that is. No, we wouldn't at all, would we? Uh, I do. I like I like Ings as a as a concept. Um, <laughs> but, as an abstract, uh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as as an abstract thought, Ings <laughs> is appealing. However, um, well, I don't, but apparently he can play across the front three. Can he? He can play in those kind of advanced winger roles outside of the box. Can he cutting in from the left or from the right? I'll take your word for it. I, um, I've only I, believe, I believe he's played off the left in a similar um, Jay Rodriguez manner. Jay Rodriguez, yeah. yeah so Who's apparently been linked to City for £20 million now <laughs> as well. It's January. The papers have just got their transfer tombola out at the minute. So one of them sits at one end of the office with a name. The other one's got a club and the third one's got a price. And then they do it in turn and see whatever drops out. Um, at, the, um, at the risk of getting us sued, did we all see the uh, messy Man United uh, story last night? Uh, yeah, I saw it, but I avoided it. That was, that was a terrific piece of work. That, that was, I have uh, It's just passed me by. I tell you what, just uh, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. Just, 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 just have a little read on the Guardian's website. It's a, it's a lot of fun, stimulating stuff. I was quite disappointed that it was the Guardian <laughs> that posted that rather than oh, the tabloid. Yeah. Oh, I, just, I thought yeah. I thought the Guardian website would continue to be a safe haven i mean they're, I they're, they're about that kind of thing I yeah, really do. there's the oh. odd time where they'll just do one of those stories that is just a gif where i'll kind of go i'll give you this one because you've still got to pay your light bills but um, <laughs> um i'm not a fan of the the mercy story and then jack we spoke about uh we were speaking about sunderland at home this weekend um in which means i essentially just said that we, we we've got to beat them by dumbing down and being as simple as possible. Um, would you agree? Is there anything about Sunderland that worries you? Do you think we, we should be winning that? We have to be winning that? Well, they just lost to Liverpool, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I think they lost that game, didn't they? Yeah. Did. yeah. Um, I don't know. They just they always strike me as one of those teams that can upset Spurs, you know? That's most teams, really. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We can upset Spurs, but they're, I don't know, they're all, 
they're always capable of getting a result. Like with a manager like Gus Poyet that seems to, you know, he has that kind of like heart on sleeve, like come on, take it to the pitch lads type mentality that you you kind of associate with managers like Harry Redknapp, but it's it's more the, I don't know, the fiery Latin equivalent of that. Um, Not stereotypical at all, that one. Go, I'm, yeah, allowed he... to do that. I'm allowed to do that, mate. That's what I'm saying. So. You have to you have to respect what he um, what he got them out of last season and the grounds at which he took points last year. I mean, you know, the guy, I, 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 Sunderland are as bad a team as they're in the division at the moment, but there's, you know, there's something, he knows how to get something out of this group of players. So that's, um, do you, do I don't know, we're talking our way into a defeat, aren't we, really? I guess, yeah. but do you think they have like a clear kind of style? Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever look at like a Poyet team and say like, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a definite style, there's a definite approach to football that he has, really. Uh, well, I'd say, other than negative, I'd agree. I don't think no, there's nothing. They just they seem like they seem to be in a permanent state of flux at the moment. Um, so no, I agree. I, I don't. I don't see any. Any. I don't see what they're working towards. At least, I think they've got an idea, but they've not translated that idea at all well, ever. Well, I think I think I think he needs 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 new players to implement that idea. I think some of that. I, I just I look at. Oh, I watched that Liverpool game, and I just I was amazed at you know. You're you're at home against one of the clubs that almost every fan in the country wants to beat. You're in trouble. You need some points, and that's what they gave. It was it was just limp. It was uh, it, it, it was just they, they just rolled over for Liverpool. If, if it had been four 0 at half time, Liverpool, uh, Sunderland couldn't have complained. It was it was just there was nothing about them which thought, okay, wish you know you get those teams that are obviously short on quality, but they are. You know, they work hard enough in front of their own supporters to get results. Some of them weren't even that on Saturday. They were uh, that was as bad a, a home performance as I've seen this year. They, they were just there. There was nothing in midfield. There was no threat going forward, and the, that backfield was just littered with errors and and just there's no there's no collective anything to anything they did. And um, so they're going to beat us up. <laughs> <laughs> ratted against them, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see whatever it is that he's trying to do there. I don't see what it is. Do you think somebody at Sunderland's kind of sold their soul in order to win the derby every year and beat Man City and <laughs> yeah, try to stay in the league? <laughs> Those three things are what they're going to have every season. Like us, could you imagine us like comprehensive being as shit as Sunderland, but <laughs> comprehensively? Smashing Arsenal like every, they do yeah. to Newcastle every single season, like because they've they've smashed Newcastle like three nil on several occasions, haven't they now? At St James's Park as well, and, and they've had you know not only that, not only they've beaten them well, but they've beaten them in great circumstances. I you imagine going to the Emirates? I mean, we, we, actually, we, we've almost done this, but going to the Emirates and and scoring in win the last ninety seconds of stoppage time, like they did um, Johnson's goal a few weeks ago. It's just be great, and it's kind of an ethical question, though, is it? Would you take sort of flatlining in the league, but staying up, and trade that off against doing that to Arsenal every year? Yeah, it's a harder question than it seems. I think anyway. It is. I I definitely know what you're saying. There's that whole kind of like that small club, small (laughs) club mentality. But I think, well, you know, it's like like you've often said, Seb. Sometimes you just need to. This is completely out of context on what you said. I'm going to be honest. I'm completely paraphrasing. <laughs> you you take my words right out of context. <laughs> uh, where you were saying that Louis Suarez... No. Uh, wow. Where, uh, wow. Yeah, he did... Seb didn't go there. Don't worry. It was your article when you were saying it like a lot of the time. 
we are kind of focusing too much on you know just the, the kind of the noise around football and not just yeah. enjoying victories in itself um so i know there is that kind of like small club type yeah, well, you know, trope that, that gets used but it's You've got to enjoy it, though. I I, I had, I mean, Raj and I were talking about, obviously talked about the past before you you jumped on, and and one of the things I saw... Rudely interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Talk about Ashley Barnes. Um, And one of the things I saw on social media, which I couldn't believe, was people who were going, oh, this one, this, 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 you know, Chelsea might as well never have happened now. And you just think, what are you... Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you get out of the game if you think like that? If you can't enjoy putting five past the Mourinho side at White Hart Lane, and, and then it's just—I don't know—maybe it, maybe it's me that's out of sync with the way football thinks now. But I, I just—I don't understand that as a mentality. I just don't—I don't get how you can how you can judge everything that happens in a season based on what happens at the end of it. And well, you know, I, I think that's, that's that's it. It's uh, how you asking me how I felt about the Palace game. I think overall is. Beating Chelsea the week before, kind of, you know, I never, I'm never. It's not that I don't care that Tottenham lost or anything like that, but it, it really did soften it. it and it's kind of, I yeah. think the guys on the the fighting cock said, you know, if if losing <laughs> if losing to Crystal Palace every season meant beating Chelsea in the way that we did, I'd take that. Oh, I mean, man, absolutely. If that's the penance, we can least I, we could lose three straight, and I'd still take that Chelsea game over. I, I, you know, it's just you, that's what being a fan is. You know, those moments of it's not just like celebrating a win, but you just remember how proud you felt after that game. You just thought, yeah, all right, we can play, and look on Mourinho's face and and Terry and Fabregas and all of the bastards. Great. My my profession, if you want to call it that, is you know dealing in kind of nonsensical hyperbole, and I just think you know some things are bigger <laughs> than three points, aren't they? You know. That's it. It's it's bigger than three points. There's more to it than that. It's Absolutely. about it's about heart. It's about pride. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you actually need to get out of the office. Well, I know. Hey, you're, uh, talk, you you're talking in poster quotes. Yeah, well, that was uh, that, <laughs> that did not, not scream professional pride. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're listening, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I love my job. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do without it. Good yeah. to pay. <laughs> yeah. I'm a wage slave. No, I mean... I'm, I'm just playing off the podcast. I'm fulfilled. I'm just with the lads. It was oh, just banter. That's oh, Jackie, you it. missed the best banter before. I made a joke about uh, Seb being named after the crab from Little Mermaid. Oh. <laughs> See, this is why I need you on. You're the only one who laughs at my pathetic jokes. I, just, I, I, got, I got offended. It was awkward. Was it all Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it's going to be awkward again now since you brought it up again, right? Because I mentioned his mum again, and I've done it again now this second Why time. Have you done that? Oh, um, but you yeah. referenced my mother in, in the title of last week's podcast. I had to explain to her. She, I, I, <laughs> you know, she listens to it, and and you, you, she clicked, and I just thought, oh, weird. You're lucky she doesn't understand much. You're very fortunate. I was half tempted when I <laughs> called it that last week to just kind of start it, but like put some slap bass down and just kind of do a talking intro where I just talked directly to your mother, but I thought it'd be completely inappropriate. So I've been a real rift in the family there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, We're all so grateful that you, uh, you resisted that temptation. You know, like uh, just kind of did a... Have you ever heard when William Shatner 
covers a song and he does like a spoken does word. Does a spoken word thing, yeah. I would have done that with something like uh, sexual healing or something. Oh, um, just with like a really bad karaoke instrumental in the background. Um, which I'm sure if you're imagining that at home, that's quite arousing. Um, so you can use that one. If uh, if anyone's in the market for that, then uh, give it a shout. Um, what, 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 I don't have a response odds- to that. I, I was going to say, what strange little alleyway in your mind have you wandered down? Right? So I'm going to be honest, like this has really gone off on one. You heard Jack and I just going quiet there, right? And, and there's, yeah. no, there's no more interaction. You were Do you not think that my voice is a natural um, aphrodisiac? Aphrodisiac, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you know, Do you not just like there's, there's, a, there's a time and a place for this. To, to use the type of lingo <laughs> that I imagine Seb does when he's with his lads, uh, well, like you and your lass are doing some rumpy pumpy. Would you not? Um, would you not like? I, ma- I, I don't understand a word of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no word. It's because I went half Yorkshire and yeah. half posh with, posh with like your lass, and then rumpy pumpy afterwards. But anyway, I think slapping that... slap tickle is a bit more posh than rumpy pumpy, isn't it? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not posh enough to know. No, slapping um, tickle belongs in like an even war novel. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think, it's the sort anyway. of thing they're saying sharp, isn't it? Like in those other kind of like period imperialistic type pieces. Yeah. Do you remember that? Um, it just reminded me now. Do you remember that? I can't remember what it was called, but when uh, Sean Bean was in that um, romantic one where he where he was with that woman in the woods uh, quite early on in his career. Uh, what was it called? I can't remember what it was, but it was like a erotic novel, but it was for TV, and it had Sean Bean speaking in a Sheffield accent throughout it, just trying to seduce this woman. It's quite infamous. I can't remember what it's called. I'll find it. I on love. The, um... I love Sean Bean. <laughs> so I'm going to throw that in now. I, love, I absolutely yeah, I love him. Awesome. He's. Uh, I've he's been trying Sean. to get um with old Luke the Boiler. Shout out to Luke the Boiler. Good lad on. I think on he Twitter. sent us a. Uh, I think he sent us a question for later. Uh, as he, he's. Uh, I've, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get. Hashtag Daily Bean trending with him, where I just send, essentially, I just plague him with pictures of Sean Bean every day, which he kind of humours me with, but probably he's like, I don't know why he keeps sending me pictures of Sean Bean in his pants, but it's just how I roll. He probably is judging me, and many people do, but I can can deal with that. So if I I was worried about people judging me, I uh, probably wouldn't leave my house, because there's plenty to. Oh, God, if I had a breakdown on there, Anyway, we've got the uh, the first. You, you had a, a bit of a you, you had a bit of a breakdown on Twitter yesterday when you when you uh, when you related the um, in, in quite a depth as well the the dream that you had about Windy. <laughs> that was that was surreal. I was watching that unfold and just thinking he's broken. You know, you know, I, it was only it was only when I got halfway through this I was suddenly like, oh shit, I'm plaguing people's timelines here. Yeah, yeah, if you this, haven't seen this, you want to go to Jack's timeline and um, and revisit that before you can delete it. That was my uh, question. It was a salient point, though. Um, if you, if you didn't follow Windy, eventually it was. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's anti anti American agenda because um, you know they are like the victimized people of this world. Oh, that's what it was. I found it now. Um, Sean Bean were in uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover. Which is the one I was thinking of, where uh, everyone's very posh and it's a period drama, and then Sean Bean turns up and is uh, doing his uh, doing his slop and tickle in his one voice. Yeah, so if you if you've never heard of uh, if you've never heard of Lady Chatterley's Lover, then uh, do find it on YouTube. 
but um, we've kind of fallen I, off. As soon as Jack, I can't remember with... the name of it. He was also in, he was in a really good BBC drama with Stephen Graham as well, um, where he played the part of a transvestite. And Stephen Graham was like married with kids and stuff, and had an affair with a transvestite, Sean Bean. It was really, it was, br- it was absolutely brilliant. It was Is really, really good. one of your dreams. No, <laughs> no, Sean Bean was it was exceptional. I'll try and find the name of it. And uh, is this just going to be Sean Bean's IMDb? Is that what this? That's what I'm doing now. Exactly that. I've already been. I'm, actually, I'm going to Stephen Graham's. I'm, I'm approaching it from an alternate angle. Anyway, Seb, we'll try and write this. Jack's obviously just torn us off. We were doing quite well to talk about only football until he decided that he was going to invade our conversation. What, what I was going to say about Sunderland. Sesson yeah. Young, he, uh, he he destroyed us last time, didn't he? He is also at West Brom, though, now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, fan- I fancy our chances against him on Saturday. That's all I had to add. Don't worry, guys. You, you take it. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the excitement about his Sunderland plant as he dived into it. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, yeah, it's something I can say. I've got and something. I, I think he's actually been at West Brom for like three seasons, hasn't he? He's been yeah. there for a while, yeah. <laughs> I remember you, a game in which he hurt us. We've really got to watch out for Kevin Phillips as well because he's on some real <laughs> top form. In line for the golden boot, I think. <laughs> anyway, our first question, if we can try and get this out. Uh, Jesus. Um, Elliot Graham on Twitter says, do you think we can expect to see any use of Eric Dyer during the season or is he at, or is he our next corker? Seb? Uh, you, uh, it's hard to say. I, I, I don't really want to see Eric Dyer right back again. Um, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy that beyond West Ham away. Um <laughs> And also, I, I'm a big fan of keeping Vertonghen and Fazio together as much as possible. Um, so, I mean, because centre-back is one of the areas in which you don't really need to, to rotate that much. Um, and I don't know, I think Dyer is a good player, and I think Dyer will be a good player for a few years to come. But I just, it, it's a, it, you know, I, I don't really see the need for him without, you know, a proper defensive injury crisis at the moment. I think we'll see him occasionally, but I don't think he'll be a prominent part. If we, if I just take a quick cut into yeah. the uh, the questions, um, I found this article online. Uh, Sean Bean takes on trans role for BBC drama. Uh, the BBC has announced Sean Bean will play a transgender transgender character in the episode of its legal drama Accused. So there you go, Jack. What yeah, kind of accused. Google search did you uh, did you use to get that one then? Sean Bean trans. <laughs> Um, from Ben Lewis 0795, um, which is how my mum's... Is it my mum's? No, that's how my mobile number starts. Anyway, um, is uh, is Stambouli really any better than Polino? Well, I don't think we know yet. I don't... I, 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 I don't... Also, I don't, I don't like comparing the two because I don't see a lot of similarities between them. Um, first, I don't really know what... I, my knowledge of... of um, of Stambouli prior to his Tottenham career came purely from uh, following Philippa Booth on Twitter. He, he's one of um, French Football Weekly's writers, and she, she's great. She, she's also, she's a Montpellier fan, and she used to she used to rave about him. Um, but I still I just still don't feel like I've got a proper handle on who he is in England yet. And Polinio, I don't know. I I I I was one of those people that thought when he came to the club he was going to be a revelation, and I'm. 
I don't really understand what's happened to him. If you bear in mind that... I it's think just... it's kind of surprised everyone, hasn't it, Polinio? I think so. I, 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 he was, I remember reading Tim Vickery, whose opinion about South American players I would always trust, of course. Um, and he compared him to Frank Lampard. I remember thinking, just being very excited about that. Um, and he has never shown himself to be anything like Frank Lampard since getting here. Um, <laughs> Who is it that took it that one step further that just had to add in, he's a black Frank Lampard? <laughs> Like that, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who said that. I could have a, I could it have might a... have actually been Martin Samuel. It wouldn't surprise me if it was as well. But yeah, someone decided they had to preface it with the fact he was black as well. Uh, if we move on, <laughs> we had oh, it's your mate Luke the Boiler. He said, "Oh, it's a jokey one." He goes, uh, "Also, no mention for Norton in the Ballon d'Or. Sadly overlooked again." Thought. Uh, do you think he's going to stay at the club in January or he's been linked to Leicester quite heavily for um, was it three or four million do you think that's a sale worth making yeah they can absolutely have him for three or four million I mean I, 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 with all due respect and everything but you know, he, he's not ever going to be anything more than than um, you know, the guy that no one wants to see on the team sheet unfortunately but, I mean he's a serviceable Premier League player but if, if someone offers you three or four million pounds for a player in his mid-twenties who is never going to get better than than improving his current level, and when you've already got backup and and dire, um, you, you take it surely. Jack, I don't know. See, I'm 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 not. I think Norton's kind of been given quite a bit of. He's been tarnished by playing at left back quite a few times. He's not actually a, a natural left back. Um, I don't think he's I a think, natural footballer most of the time. No, Jack, but so. I think when he st- when he stepped in at right back, I don't know. I'm I'm more convinced by Norton's performances at right back than I am Kirikesh's when he plays there. I'm I'm really not oh, fond of Kirikesh if I'm totally honest. Um, I just I I don't know. I quite like having him as an as an option, but I guess we're trying to see the emergence of players like well Yedlin probably not yet, but in a while he's going to be in there. The back of Pochettino's mind, as is Kyle Walker-Peters. Who's I don't think we're going to see Yedlin in the first team this season. I think no, he's I gonna, I think he's under 21s, under 21s for the rest of the year, I'd imagine, especially given the way he's been brought into the club. He seems like he's um, he's sort of a been bit. settled into the 21s as quickly as possible, and he's not even, even in little things like um, the training photos and stuff, he's not featuring too prominently as they would a new signing with the, the first team. I think they're being yeah. very careful with him because he is very raw uh, you mentioned Kirikesh though I've, I've, as you well know I've got a, quite a soft spot for Kirikesh because I think on his day when he's at the top of his form he's quite a dynamic centre back, we've not seen that for a while though, um, he's not one that I would sell although given the summer and now Roma are obviously very keen is that somebody that you would cash in on as well or do you, do you see a time for him at the club? I'd, uh, I'd cash in on Kirikesh See, I'm, I'm different. I, I look at, I, I, I expect Kabul will be off, um, and then if he if he goes, there's not an awful lot of cover at centre back anymore. And and the thing is, Kirikas is not a right back. He never will be. He he's a he's a centre back. And and I remember when he first came to the club, he was he looked a really elegant footballer. He looked a very competent defender. We went that period of games where with him starting, where we didn't concede. And I accept that his confidence has fallen through the floor, but I think there's still a good player there. I have more faith in him staying around and potentially recovering some kind of form than I do with Kabul. 
who I think is, is broken forever. I would I would agree with that. I think Kabul. Um, I'd get rid of Kabul over Kirikesh any day. If uh, if Besiktas are wanting to give us money to take him, then uh, they can quite happily take him because then I think that that ushers in Hugo Lloris to be permanent captain, and that yeah. can only be a good thing. Yeah. yeah. What were well, you going to say, Jack? Bit, sorry. It's just going to say a bit of a bit of a Harry Harry Redknappism. But I think my, what's always played me about Kirikesh, even in the early days, which you know as you rightly say he did look kind of more assured and more elegant a footballer but he's always looked woeful in the air and I think yeah, for a centre back yeah. especially in a very kind of physically dominated league like the he's Premier quite League frail, isn't he actually he's quite warriors physically I mean that's that's what's always bothered me about him given that centre back is his kind of key position so I don't think it's particularly that he's like a terrible footballer or anything like that I'm just not sure how well suited he is to the, to the Premiership, if I'm totally honest. But I, I don't know. He's, yeah, sort of our, he's sort of our version of Nestasis, isn't he? That he's a young, a little bit, yeah, uh, Eastern European centre back that's had that good start and then seems for for some reason, one or another, to have dropped off. Um, but I, I would hope we were to persevere with him. To be honest, Seb, were you going to say something? Um, I was just going to say that if you, I mean, if you compare him with Fazio. Right, Jack's point about his size and what he's like in the air is, is really pertinent, and that that is the one asterisk against him because he, like the, my, my my apart from the goal, my favourite moment from Saturday was um, uh, Fraser Campbell, I think, trying to stamp on Lloris. Yeah, Asio <laughs> yeah. just coming in having absolutely none of it, which I loved. I, I love seeing. I, I, I if he had been given a red card for that, I'd have been happy. I just thought <laughs> I wouldn't want players to behave like that. You start trying to stamp on our goalkeeper. I want some brute of a centre-half to come and basically chest-bump you back into your own supporters, which I loved. That was great. It reminded uh, me of... Uh, 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 never do that, because Kyrgyz yeah. doesn't have the presence. And, and Fazio is a guy that, you know, that there aren't many forwards in this division who, who are going to fancy... You know, he's got a little bit, of, little bit of menace to him, which I like. Leaves an elbow on someone occasionally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, um, it reminded me of something that me and Jack often uh, reference. Uh, which is that time where somebody like booted Danny Rose and out of nowhere Aaron Lennon just turned up and decided to start in a fight and it was just like it was amazing because it was kind of like you're uh, starting on my mate yeah and, he, and then I think the ref immediately gave him the yellow card and he just walked off like yeah <laughs> well, you know like with his little like bulldog strut that he does uh, he's uh, I mean, that was in the Europa League wasn't it Raj I can't remember I just I, I love great. Aaron Lennon yeah I, he, do, you reckon, do you reckon he's going to come back into the team at all? Because he seems to be part of this little cabal that's fallen out with... with Poch- I was about to say AVB then. <laughs> Same yeah. difference. Pochettino. The, the, um, I, was, I, I have a friend who... Um, this is going to sound really um, in the know when I was like, on Twitter accounts. And I'm really sorry for how it sounds, but it, it, it's, it's honestly the truth. Um, a, a guy I used to play football with um, he knew a few people... Knew a few of the, of the Tottenham coaching staff from a few years ago, and um, I don't know. This might be libelous. I'm not sure, but they used to say that Aaron Lennon is the most stupid player they'd ever coached. <laughs> and I've always thought after that, like I remember hearing that, and then from that point on, I've always sort of matched it up with the things that I've seen. And if you look at his his failure to learn any other part of the game beyond running a defender, take him on, going to the byline, and squaring it. You kind of think, yeah, that makes sense. He's defensively very astute, though. 
You, he works hard, yeah, and he, he, he takes up good positions. But if you think about how long it's taken <laughs> for him to develop anything beyond that single thing that he used to do, and then you hear things like that about his level of intelligence, he, uh, I don't know. I don't, he's, he's definitely not the sharpest tool in the box. I it's, think, it's, so. it's similar to, um, in, a, in a similar way as well, uh, Seb, a mate of mine who used to know people, blah, 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 that worked in around Chelsea, um, and they said a very similar thing about Joe Cole in that yeah. he was like naturally one of the most gifted English footballers they'd ever seen play there. And this was the likes of like Mourinho and things were saying that, but he was just so unbelievably stupid. He couldn't be coached at all. No, there was just, there was yeah. no way to give him any kind of clear tactical advice or anything like that. Cause he just didn't get it and he couldn't absorb it. I, so, um, I, I, I remember I, I, um, I have a, a Joe Cole anecdote for what it's worth. I um I used to live quite near to him a few years ago, and there's a restaurant in that part of London called Mile Dutch. I went wandering in there with the girl that I was seeing at the time, and Joe Cole was sitting in the corner reading the Telegraph, which it's just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, just, I was was, was he looking shocking. at the pictures, do you think? No, was, it, was, it, was it upside down? No, he was, he was sitting <laughs> in the corner by himself, um, pair of glasses on, reading the Telegraph. It was extraordinary. I mean, by all accounts, Joe Cole was a very, very nice person. So I don't, I mean, no offence at all. Um, but it was just, it was a, it was just a shocking, um, it's just not what I expected, that's all. I once saw Damien Duff in... That's the, a shit, I mean, though. Well, I saw him in a pub in Isha... Um, and he was with an old Irish guy who I'm assuming was his dad. And we said, all right, Damien. And the old Irish guy just said, fuck off to us. So there you go. That's my Damien Duff story. I saw... saw Damien Duff just sat there quietly and awkwardly. I saw saw Nicky Butt at Heaton Park seeing the uh, Stone Roses uh, with my old man. Anyway, if we go on to our last question... Was Nicky Butt mashed up? No, it was beforehand. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. I imagine so. That, that you say you were, you were watching the Stone Roses? Yeah, that yeah, place yeah, was okay. essentially just one big cloud of ganja by the time yeah. it started. Um, I got food poisoning off a kebab and spent half that gig throwing up, which weren't good, but that's a different story. Was it uh, a double-ended affair or was it just the same? No, just, just like chundering. It weren't great. Um but um, our last question, I think this is specifically for you, Jack, um, oh, if we wrap up. Just, Why is Jack a wanker? Or no, it's from at Jim, like that. Jim yeah. at Stylish Riot. Uh, if you can compare Sam Burgess <laughs> to a Spurs legend, who would it be and why? <laughs> uh, I would have to go... Nah, I'm not, I don't even know. Danny Ings, there you go. <laughs> Do you know who Sam Burgess is, Jack? He's the fellow that punched the bloke on the floor, isn't he? No. No, that's, I know. That's, uh, that's flower. That's flower, yeah. I know, I'm just being a knob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know who Sam Burgess is, though. Sam Burgess is, uh, used to be in England, Bradford, uh, South Sydney Rabbit O's. Uh, rugby league player. Absolutely fantastic lad. Uh, only from up the road to me in Dewsbury. Um and he's gone and played Union now, which you have to. Kind oh, of, I know about this lad. Yeah, yeah you have to kind of forgive him for that. I mean, it's an error of judgment, but you have got to back him in his in his error of ways. But um, he's now playing for the club that, that uh, Seb supports in Bath. Um, so or Bath, as as well, Seb yeah. will probably tell me. Oh, um, yeah, Bath. Um, start ends with an F. 
by the way. Um, <laughs> he, um, and he's doing right well there. He's just got his first try. Um, nice, quite good. Nice. Managed to crawl his way over the line. Um, but what would what would be your answer to that question, Seb? Yeesh, it's a hard one because it's just there's no... I, I saw that on Twitter before we started recording and I, I wanted to say Dave Mackay. I don't really know why. I just thought he's what I associate with success. Um, and that's why that's sort of that's what radiates from Burgess. He's just a winner. Um, there's no sort of physical comparison between football and rugby, so you can't really do it that way. But just someone that symbolises something. Um, yeah, I'd go along with that. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, the, that's the only that's the only one I can really come up with. I don't know if it fits particularly well, but and I'm not old enough to have ever watched Mackay. No, I don't think any of us are, but yeah, from what I've heard of Dave Mackay's stature and kind of what he inspired those around him to do, reminds me a lot of Sam Burgess in the way in which he conducts himself. I mean, he put this weekend, there was that period of about 30 seconds where that one poor lad on the other team just got smashed twice, yeah. clean off his feet. It was uh, quite a beautiful sight. But um, Jack- well, there, was, there was one, um, there was a, yeah, I, I actually, I missed this week's game, but my um, my brother was telling me about it and he was um, Burgess just physically dominant all the way through it, which is great. Yeah. Excellent. Um I forgot your name then, Jack. Uh, Jack, if you want to uh, wrap up, please, and do your usual wrapping up. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad I've dragged this episode into the gutter, into at least just kind of some sense of you know, disrepute, just kind of come and blurged out. We were, heading, shit, we, we were heading for a solid under the hour. Around it was 50. quite serious, though. We were quite into our... Before Jack turned up, it was a bit... I don't know, we were quite analytically, analytically. Yeah, and before you know it, we're talking about Sean being in drag, so yeah, that's, that's yeah. the effect you have on us. Jack. It's just, just what I bring to the table, you know. Into the third dimension, it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it up to level 11. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, if you want to listen to any previous episodes of Rule the Roost podcast, I nearly said the fighting cock then, Jesus. Rule the Roost podcast, you can do so at spursstatman.com or on iTunes. Um, we've also got a, what is it, Buzzsprout it's called, isn't it, yeah. Raj? But we don't, we, it all links to Spurs Statman. Just go to spursstatman.com. Um, listen to all the previous episodes there. There's a nice like web player that you can scroll through. This isn't your usual end of... Th- when I asked for the usual... Mate, I'm freestyling, yeah? I'm trying <laughs> to mix it up. I'm keeping it fresh. I was enjoying form. it too. I was, it was, yeah, it was fresh. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's it. I'm <laughs> like a... I'm like, What's his name? Ah, oh, shut up, Jack. Just finish it. Um, you can also read lots of other brilliant and well-written pieces of Tottenham editorial on the Spurs Statman website, um, which I'm sure Raj won't actually know what's going on this week, aside for to usual, as he says. Um, usual, yeah. To usual. So, yeah, listen up for that. Um, How can they listen to written words? You Jack? can read. You can read it. Well, they, I don't know. They might have assisted <laughs> some kind of thing. Accessibility settings on their iPhones. You That's know. essentially what I used at the end of last year when I did that. Um, the Jingle Bells. We never spoke about Jingle Bells, Jack. How did you feel about that? I really like it. it I actually did break into hysterics at that one. <laughs> did like it a lot. It was did you very hear, peculiar. Did you hear that, Seb? I didn't. Oh, Seb, you've got to listen all the way through. Okay. The, the very last uh, podcast we did before 
Christmas, um, right after the uh, the show or after the end music, I essentially wrote a Jingle Bells type poem about Jack and the show. Um, I think you may have featured in it, Seb. I can't remember. I think I'm fairly sure you did. Um, and it was just essentially a piss take. But well, then what I did was, instead of me reading it, I just put it through my Max. Um, speech oh, to voice, voice. yeah so it sounded like stephen hawking reading a poem um which made it funnier um but anyway i've ruined jack's ending jack jack how do you know me you end it um yeah follow the spurs stat man at spurs stat man um and yeah follow us at rtr ssm uh we're going to lose to sunderland no we're not yes we are come on you spurs When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.